0: All right. So I wanted to talk about uh, optimism for obvious reasons and how it applies to quantum teaming. But, uh, you know, I'm leaving you a but. Quantum teaming applies to everything in my world. So uh, it's a hidden asset. Uh, Optimism is your hidden asset. And I wanted to welcome all the interns and mentors and consultants. And I wanted to let you know that we're going to have new family members coming on Wednesday. So uh, new interns are coming. So please make them feel welcome if they come to your department. Next slide, please. So let's just, uh, you know, get a working definition for all of us about optimism. Because a lot of times people think it's like sugar twin or you have to be on this manic high and all that kind of stuff. No, it's just a part integrated in our beingness, a choice that we make with our thought form. Okay, and in these times where some of you are extroverts some of you you know thrive if you're like my daughter you thrive on t- on community and and people and and social events and we find ourselves in a situation where those are limited so where do you find your optimism when it's you know when the cabin fever kicks in okay so it's an emotional competence that your mind you work with your mind you know, and it gives you a professional competitive advantage. It gives you a social advantage. Uh, and if you don't have the social, you're going to have to do it within yourself, but optimism boosts creativity. I mean, productivity, and it enhances your morale. Okay. It overcomes conflicts. And we talk about this all the time. When you have a choice, When you receive something externally from a person or they say something or their voice or their mannerisms or something like that, you have a choice in that second to think the best of that person or to think otherwise. Because in reality, you are not responsible if that person was in a bad mood, if that person was negative or something, you have the choice. To say, is this about me? How could it be about you? They don't know you like that. You know, it can't be about you. So you have the choice to absorb it or not absorb it. And uh, a lot of times I call that like DNA do not absorb, you know, just be the person that you are. So it overcomes conflicts because you don't feed them. Okay. And it has a positive impact on the bottom line. We just left the managers meeting and I was trying to express, and I hope that I did that their optimism, their productivity is the, the blood of this organization, you know, and it helps everything grow when all of us think the best of each other and think the best of the situation. Um, So I think that uh, it, is the basis of achievement. And I think that it is the, you know, it gives us uh, courage and it helps us to measure true progress. You know, the old saying, this too will pass. Next slide, please. But of course, you guys know I'm going to unpack it. So uh, in quantum teaming, what we do is we strive to have a transforming effect on our teams. As Richard was saying, you know, we're here to stimulate and facilitate everyone's experiential learning. So as an IT professional, you're going to try to do it yourself and you probably will achieve that in the event that you have a gap, if you have a question to fill or um a part where you feel that you've run against a brick wall. That's what everyone is here for. And we're constantly trying to facilitate that. Communication and documentation is how we know, especially in a virtual environment. It's like, we can't come to your cubicle, look over your shoulder, which would drive me crazy, and say, you know, why is Solitaire on your screen and not, <laughs> you know, Salesforce or whatever the, the company is using? okay and we strive to support and convince each other of our ability to achieve higher than we thought we could before so things that i thought that i couldn't do or things that i thought were not interesting to me through all of us working together i am finding quite intriguing like cybersecurity and, and business intelligence that's my area but cybersecurity i'm you know just learning from tj and his team or IT support, learning from Emmanuel, I mean, all of them, Marcia and analytics. It's very, very exciting. So we want to communicate that to one another so that we generate the energy. When we verbalize that we recognize your special contribution to PGIPT, we want you to take that and let us, you know, and understand that we see your commitment to achieve results. We see that you're trying. And all together, we make it all good. So basically, we're moving, and Richard touched on this, we're moving our teams, we're evolving from how are things done around here? Of course, when you're new, when you come with uncertainty, that's your primary goal. How do things work around here? That's only natural. But as you go into entanglement, you start to see how things can be done better. And this is an environment where we encourage that um, more and more because we know that several heads are better than one. And if you have an idea, if you have something that you come in with and say, you know, we could do this and this could make things better, please share it. Don't hold back any ideas. Next slide, please. So if we're going to talk about optimism, we have to kind of measure it against something, because not only are we technologists, uh, we are also scholars. So scholars always analyze their position against the opposing position, which is pessimism. So there's a lot of things that you fight against to stay optimistic, you know, and there's things not just in your personal life and with your family and with your bills and society, is always kind of grinding against you uh, to make you climb uphill. I mean, even if it was something as simple as, oh, I got to get my taxes in, you know? And if you're like me, I mean, it's not something I look forward to because I always owe because I have a 1099, you know, for contracting. So, I mean, you know, it's not anything I look forward to, but I have to find a way to stay optimist optimistic and um, keep going forward. Okay, so there are views out there and usually it's, uh, you know, people that weren't raised. um, What do I call them? Like digital immigrants. Okay, people that weren't raised with technology or, you know, people that have some sort of fear of technology. They'll say, oh, you know, the kids are so much, you know, the millennials and Gen Z's are so much on their um, mobile devices that they, you know, you know, they're really alienating. And, you know, it's lonely to be around them because they're not listening. They're always on their phone. You know, it's kind of like behavior modified on the, oh, the latest uh, text or Instagram or whatever. And then there are some studies that suggest that things like depression and suicide have increased with the onset of social networking. A lot of generations... Um, I was laughing with one of my students the other day. You know, it's like I have friends on Facebook that want to tell you, you know, I'm eating chocolate ice cream at the Dairy Queen. And I'm like, okay, thanks for sharing. You know, I have other things to do. Uh, But some people use that as this is what I'm doing, see what I'm doing, you know, so uh, and then if you don't get enough likes or whatever, this is what I've read in the studies, it can really spiral some people down into a bad or pessimistic way of thinking. Okay. And then there's the times where you have incurred something, like you say, like a societal problem or a health issue or something like that. Or, you know, you've got teenagers, (laughs) enough said on that, right? You've got teenage, and you say, oh, you know, life was so much better in the past. Or, you know, I've got friends, you know, I'm at a certain age that uh, send me songs from when we were teenagers you know, and say, oh, this is when music was good. And yeah, that music was good, but there's some good music now too. So uh, it comes a lot from the people that you surround yourself with. And I always suggest to expand, you know, expand your uh, groups. I mean, you can have your primary group, we all do, but don't close out groups that are unlike you you know, fight that urge of other-ism, you know, they are other over there, you know, or, you know, those are girls or those are boys or, you know, all the isms. Uh, fight that urge because we are more alike than we are different. Okay. So the optimist kind of looks at good things as permanent. Like I always, you know, tell the managers, you guys have probably heard it too. We walk with angels, I say. You know, and if we are down in one area, say the network department, somebody in network is going to come or this opportunity is going to come. But, you know, I have to see them. I have to have the creativity and the optimism to see them because if I don't see them, I will miss an opportunity. I will miss someone coming through and not listening copiously enough to know that that person has that skill and it can be placed here or there. So I tend to stay hopeful and energized that this program and Marjorie knows after five years is going to continue on. Who would have thought that when we started out with one little server and flat files, that we would now be where we are. Well, that comes from the bad times being temporary. You know, I am just determined that the bad things, are temporary and they're negatively focused on that time, on that situation. And after five years, I can say on less than one hand, we can count maybe two or three times that we have really had a bad patch that, you know, what did it last, a week maybe two at the top, because something else came in that we held on to and said, this is a good thing. We're going to do this now. We're going to open up this app and learn it and all these kinds of things. So it's just really something that we can control. Uh, We can control if our glass is half full or half empty. Next slide, please. Okay, and there is further research on pessimism, and I thought it was very, very interesting because it's one thing to be the pessimist in the midst of other people, and they're like, oh, here comes Desiree again. What is she going to complain about today? (laughs) You know, everyone knows a person like that. Okay, that's one thing when you affect uh, your environment, but think about how you are affecting you. Because when you are pessimist, when you think, uh, okay, well, I've got this project. I don't know how to do it. I don't know why they chose me. Okay, I'll go and I'll try. What's going to happen is that you are going to focus on what is missing and not what is available. And it's also going to perpetuate through your decision-making. You're going to be risk adverse on steroids. You're going to be afraid to go into that application or or that software because you're afraid either that you don't have the skills or you're going to make a mistake as if you can actually break permanently technology. You know, like if some troll farm can't come in and permanently break or, you know, hack and destroy. uh, I mean, I guess it is possible there was... Stucknet, you know, over in Iran, but even they have rebuilt their nuclear program. So, I mean, we know that we are dealing with forces, universal forces of electromechanical energy. So no matter what happens, you can't permanently destroy it. So what is there to fear? Okay, but that happens when you're when you're thinking negatively, when you're thinking in a pessimistic fashion. So not only does it affect your assumptions of what you can do, and what you are asked to do, it affects the way that you are asked to do it. If your manager asks you to do something, or if I ask you to do something, and you have a pessimistic point of view, you're not going to hear me in the light or the intention that I mean it. You're not going to want to ask questions about it because you've already assumed that what I'm asking you is too much or it's negative or it doesn't have any relationship to what you came here to do. You know, you're going to be one of those people uh, three weeks to go. I cannot wait to get out of this thing. You're going to be one of those people until you graduate and have that interview and need a reference. And then it's like, remember me? But what is there to remember? Because we had to pull you up the hill. You know, we had to take you kicking and screaming to try anything to expand your experiences. You know, so everyone has temporary feelings of, you know, pessimism and, you know, self-doubt. I mean, that's that's only natural, but you can't let that rule the roost. You know what I mean? You can't let that, I mean, it can be as, as bad as, like I said, a bad medical diagnosis. Lord knows I've had them. But I have a choice to live my life like it's golden, live every breath of life that I have while I have it, or I'm going to feed that, you know, count the days until my leaf falls. I choose not to do that. I choose to stay alive, to be persistent, you know, to seek a more optimistic uh, point of view. And it actually, through there is other research, I mean, I'm not going to bombard you all with research, but medical professionals say that the optimistic patient, the patient that looks at the good side and the future and the hope is a better patient, even in terms of prognosis and diagnosis. So, you know, it is very important to make that decision in your life that you want to live it. Next slide, please. Okay, so here's some solutions. Increase the positive meaning in your life. It's what I've been saying. You know, engage in something that you believe in. And since we are, you know, currently... You know, in this situation where we are limited from social uh, involvement, so much is going on on the Internet and you have us, you know, you have meetings, you have people here to talk to, uh, sharing our screen, all this kinds of stuff. There's all kind of community projects that don't involve your physicality going. You can, you know, if you can't donate money, you can donate time. Uh, they have all these things where you can talk to someone or mentor someone. There's, there's so many things to do that are bigger than ourselves. Uh, one way to get out of a slump is to think about something bigger than yourself. Uh, I remember getting my doctorate and, you know, I'd already lost my mind in law school, I thought. And I was saying, you know, law school is the nursery of Satan was what I was telling everybody. And now my son's in there. But it's like, you know, I kept thinking, you know, I got these two babies to raise. And I can't raise them on beans. You know, I could, but not forever. I have to get my education. I have to push forward and I have to make a decent life for them. That was something bigger than me. And in that, it kept my grind going, as they say. I kept on pushing and pushing and seeing the best. And then I started to notice how much my students were like me, how much my students were trying to juggle work and babies and children and finances and all that kinds of stuff. And I was like, hey, this doesn't end for me. This doesn't end for me seeing something bigger than myself. You know, seeing myself in something bigger than me. You know, try to be friendly to someone each day. You know, even if it's a bill collector. You know, that person's just trying to make some bank. That's not the person that you really owe. (laughs) It's no need to fuss at them. Be nice to them. You'd be surprised. Well, I'm not saying that they're going to be your friend, but you can make friends that way. Okay? And then take on a challenging situation to try to make that better and successful. I'll be completely transparent with you guys. I am a voracious publisher. I must have published, what, five or six articles last year until November when my mother crossed over. I have not published one thing since then. So I'm going to be in the internship next term, but I'm not gonna teach a class. Why? Because I am gonna throw myself in the water to publish again. There doesn't seem to be a correlation between my mother dying and writing, but apparently there is someplace down in my neural pathways. So I am going to push myself to publish in the next six weeks because I don't want that hiding in my brain and making me pessimistic or uh, have being risk averse to writing another article again. So these things happen to all of us and they're not always obvious, but when you start to see something in your natural flow, your natural creativity, and you see a block in there, it. we're adults, we can make the changes. We can push against that resistance and come out optimistic about our life and about our future. And we can be better and more successful. And in my case, this is what she would have wanted. She was very proud of me and the way that I wrote and my writing. Next slide, please. Okay, so to quantum teaming and then I'll close. You know, optimism along with, as I always talk about anticipation, another form of optimism is the bridge between uncertainty and entanglement. You know, when you're dealing with uncertainty, when you first come into the program, you know, optimism pushes you to anticipate proactive steps. Like once you get your sea legs, as we say, you know, it stimulates your energy, you know, you approach tasks and you see the, the benefits in achieving them, along with all of us rooting you on, saying, good job, you did a great job. You know, and as I keep always saying, and I'm going to talk about that probably in the next two weeks, because next week we have newbies, so I have to go through the basic pillars of uh, quantum teaming. But in a couple of weeks, I'm going to go back to my neural conversations. You know, understand your cognitive process. It's yours. You know, it's so funny how, you know, we wash our hands and we take care of our bodies and all that kind of stuff, and we just let the mind run amok. Why is that? When it's supposed to be the captain of the ship, it's ours. So we have control of it. We have things like mindfulness, exercise helps to clear the mind, uh, reading, writing, all these things. You know, so then we end up having a a more robust relationship, not just with ourselves, but our self esteem. And you start to take on, okay, maybe I can't do it today, but I can do it and I will do it. And there are parts of technology that we prefer or we don't prefer, you know, back end, front end, you know, soft development or whatever it is, but it doesn't mean I can't. You know, just because I don't know R doesn't mean I can't know R. I can know it. You know, and if I decide to, I will know it. So once you're entangled, optimism, you know, it it feeds on itself. It makes more persistence in your educational efforts and those people that are more optimistic back to my doctoral example when my brain was fried and I basically got ornery about it. I didn't come this far. I don't have this many loans so that I end up being ABD, which means all but dissertation. There's a whole truckload, a big truckload of people who get right there to the dissertation. And because your your committee says, this is a mind dump, I Don't even want to read it. I mean, they're really mean to you that they give up. But if you don't, you end up not only in satisfying your educational efforts, but you end up with a higher income because you went all the way to the end. And I made up my mind, I will be darned, I'll be nice, if I'm going to pay back a student loan and I don't have a paper to go with it. So that was my attitude and everyone has their own. Okay, So, but the studies consistently show that people that entangle, people that look at themselves in life as having an upward path, they get better, you know, and they anticipate their future as being better and better. So therefore, it happens. I raise my children on thought makes energy, and that energy takes form. But you have to have those thoughts to make that happen. Next slide, please. So I'm done, and I just want to know. I just want everyone to know that together we're going to maintain optimism, and do not silo. Uh, just because we have to silo physically right now in society, do not let your mind do that. Reach out to someone. You can just say, "Doc, how you doing?" If you want to send an email, if you just feel like you're going stir crazy, you know, and the walls are closing in, just send the email. How you doing? I'll get the. I'll get what's going on. And we can have a little conversation or get on the phone or something like that. But together is how we're going to maintain optimism. And I want to thank you again and again for all of your contributions to PGIPT.